If I could describe to get my life tour in one word, it would be vulnerability. Showing up for yourself is so important. Welcome to the Get My Life Tour. I'm your host, Lydia T. Blanca. y'all and welcome to the get my life tour it is me your host Lydia T. Blanco and as always you know that I am so excited that you decided to show up for yourself and take center stage there is no place I've here on the get my life tour with you and I'm so grateful that you've decided to take center stage in your life that is major if this is your first time tuning in welcome I'm so glad that you're here. If you've been showing up time after time, my hat is off to you because you have committed to being who you need. I am thrilled about today's guest. I'm always elated that people are interested in coming on tour. And my mind is often blown because I'm like, ah, you want to be on the Get My Life Tour? You want to come on tour with me? Because at one point I was like, okay, you know what? I'm getting my life emphasis on my, and I just couldn't, you know, I couldn't gather, you know, anyone else's excitement about being on this Get My Life tour because I just thought it was something that I needed to do for myself. And it turned out that so many of us are on our journeys and it has been a privilege and a blessing truly a blessing to sit with women about their how-through stories. And today, I have the lovely, the talented, and the gifted Nafisa Carter here on the Get My Life Tour. Nafisa, welcome. Hi, thank you so much for having me. You are more than welcome. Nafisa, I'm going to go into your bio, and then we will take the conversation from there because I am so excited to read your bio. I'm like, oh my gosh, <laughs> how did she do all of this? Okay. <laughs> Held as an international multicultural hairstylist, Nafisa Carter began her career as a celebrity hairstylist at the world-renowned Rita Hassan Salon that is synonymous and known for slaying the names of Beyonce, Kim Kardashian, and Jennifer Lopez. Nafisa's ever-evolving celebrity clientele list has included Destiny's Child alumni Michelle Williams, R&B station Tinashe, Erica Mena, and African-American ballet dancer, let me actually say that over, American ballet dancer, Misty Copeland, just to name a few. Known for slaying mains all around the world, from Paris, Australia, to Dubai, Nafisa has mastered, okay, various textures and is an extension wig and natural hair care specialist with over 10 years of experience in her industry. Nafisa, you are phenomenal. Welcome to the show again. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. You are welcome. What does it feel like to have all of your, not even all of them, right? Because that's that's just your bio, but what does it feel like to hear those accolades, you know, sounded off? Yeah. Oh, it feels amazing. I'm like, wow. And I'm sitting here like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I actually did all of that. So I'm like, <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> So it feels really, really good. And um, I do feel like I've accomplished a lot of the things that 
I wanted to accomplish. Not everything, but a lot of them. And it, it just it really makes me feel good to hear it. That is lovely. You know, I've read your bio. I'm sure there's so much more to your story and I'm excited to learn more about you. So in your own words, who is Nafisa Carter? Um, I'm, of course, an international celebrity hairstylist. I'm the owner of Nafisa's Beauty Boutique here in Raleigh, North Carolina. Um, I'm from Durham and my business is in Raleigh. I have a hair line called Piara Hair. And um, I've worked with many amazing celebrities, like you named, um, former Destiny's Child, Michelle Williams, Missy Copeland, Tanache, and that's just to name a few. Um, I specialize in many different hair extensions, like a ton of them. <laughs> um, Sew-ins, <laughs> uh, beet row extensions, keratin bond extensions, just like a whole lot. I love hair extensions, so I specialize in um, all types of hair extensions. Um, and I'm a mom. I'm a mother of one. <laughs> Whose son is in college, and I still don't believe it. <laughs> Right. And I have to say that I love hair extensions, too. I learned how to do my hair maybe around five, mm-hmm. six. And then I began to do my sisters, everyone in my mm-hmm. neighborhoods and was taking, you know, people's lunch money <laughs> in exchange for my services. I was like, you want to eat or you want to look good? You got some life choices to make. <laughs> Clearly, you know, in middle school, the things we have yeah, to face. Yeah. Right. But <laughs> like, wait, what? Yes, I took people's lunch money. It was I needed to, you know, make it happen. Right. But you are in the hair care industry. You're in beauty. You are an entrepreneur. You are so many things. And I think that is incredible, you know, but I have to ask you, when did you discover your passion for hair care and for beauty? Um, I know as a child, I was always into beauty. Um, so I had tons of baby dolls, Barbie dolls. I would do their hair. So I was really little and I would play my sisters and I would play in my grandmother's things like her makeup and wigs and fur coats. So I was just always into things like that when I was little. <laughs> now, I didn't know that I wanted to become a hairstylist. You know, I just thought all that stuff was just fun and cute and, you know, girly. Um, so I think in I know I remember my friend telling me in eighth grade, she was like, you remember when you did my hair and everyone, all the girls on the whole bus wanted their hair done by you and they wanted the same style. And I'm like, I look, I thought back and I'm like, you know what? I do kind of remember that. So I don't know. It's just always been in me. Um, and then I think when I went to college, that's when I really, it clicked. And it was like, you know what? You can, mm. you're good at this and you can make a lot of money. So I think it was, you know, it was later, years and years later, because I started playing around baby dolls and hair when I was, you know, three, four years old. But it wasn't until college when I realized I should make this my career. You know, I think that's so interesting. So many of us Black women have this experience with Mm -hmm. hair and beauty and Honestly, I believe it's a larger conversation about femininity, Mm -hmm. right? And presentation and the way that Mm -hmm. we show up. And there's this light bulb moment that we have when we're like, oh, I can become an entrepreneur. I can make money doing Mm -hmm. this. You know, I was someone who grew up, most of my aunts knew how to do hair. Mm -hmm. An aunt taught me how to do hair. We didn't really pay 
to get our hair mm-hmm. done, right? Mm-hmm. So it's something that you inherit and then you realize, oh, I can turn this into a business. I want to know more about that moment that you had in college. I used to do hair out of my dorm mm-hmm. room. I am no international celebrity <laughs> hairstylist by any means, clearly, right? But, you know, it takes a lot of courage to say, how much are you willing to pay or to not even ask, right? But to set a price. Mm-hmm. What was it like when you were in your dorm room at Central? Mm-hmm. Yes, she's an HBCU yeah. grad. <laughs> you know, what was it like when you said, okay, I need to make some money? Um, well, I'm trying to think how it really happened. Um, because honestly, I didn't know how to do sew-ins and that was big then. I mean, it's still, you know, big now, but it was like really big then. And I remember one of the girls was from DC, Melissa, and um, she wanted her hair sewn in, but she knew how to do it. She said someone taught her how to do it. And then, but she wanted it done and she showed me and my best friend. She was like, this is how you do it. And so she taught us that we could do her hair. (laughs) And then from there, I'm like, wait, I like this because I was doing other things. My cousin had a salon. And I would help her at her salon, but I wasn't, of course, I wasn't doing sew-ins. I was like, you know, mm. prepping for relaxers and different things like that, answering the phone, shampooing. And I was always watching her and she did weave. She did a lot of things too. So I was always watching. But Melissa was like, I'm going to show you how I learned. And she showed us how to do it. So um, we started doing our hair and then I was like, oh, I really like this. So, you know, then we're doing each other and then more people were coming like, can you do mine? Can you do mine? And I don't know how we knew how to charge. <laughs> I think we just made up a number. I feel like it was like $40 or something. It was just something, maybe it was enough to get whatever I wanted from the mall or, you know what I mean? Like it was just something mm-hmm. like that. But um, I don't remember how I knew how to charge. But I mean, obviously it was, I don't know if that was low or high because <laughs> I wasn't experienced. <laughs> right. I feel like $40 in college is still pretty yeah, high. I yeah. I think something started out with 25 and then somehow it went to 40 and I don't remember how it jumped to 40, but it did. <laughs> <laughs> right. So now let's go from the dorm room to your first year in the industry. Mm-hmm. What was it like, you know, being in the salon and learning more about the business side of beauty? You know, so many of us just have this, you know, a very small transaction. We go from the thought of wanting our mm-hmm. hair done to actually going to a beauty supply store or searching for our hair online and then making that point of contact with, you know, a, hair, a hairstylist, excuse me. Um, but for you, there's so much that you had to yeah. learn. What was it like um, learning how to show up in business? and be this professional so that you could get to where you are today um well it was it was very busy because by the time I graduated from school I was doing so many people's hair so my first year was very busy I was making a lot of money the first year Mm. um so I worked long hours I remember I wouldn't get home until like one o'clock in the morning Sometimes two o'clock. It was crazy. Yeah, but it was fun. It was so much fun. It was like, this is what I love to do. It was exciting. Um, I still wanted to keep learning, you know, learning more. I felt like I didn't, I kind of felt like I didn't know anything, but it was like I was just doing things for fun. Um, It was weird because, you know, when you go to hair school, 
you learn the basics. And then when you get out, that's when it's like you're out there in the real world. So you have to kind of, you have to take classes and learn more. But my first year was very, very exciting. Um, I did have to, I think I was always professional though, because my mom had a business growing up and she, we would work for her. She had a business in the mall. Yeah. And I would travel with her. And I always tell people she's my inspiration as well because I would we would travel with her. We would go to New York on day trips, come back home. Um, she taught me a lot about customer service. So I knew things like that because mm. I've worked in the mall. I worked at different stores, um, like Old Navy. And, you know, I worked at a lot of different places. <laughs> and then I also, as a child, a small child, worked for my mom. So I definitely knew how to show up, which was, um, you know, be on time, um, great customer service, just having my personality. People love my personality, and I did always know that. So just being me and um, having an open mind and listening to people, so being a good listener and, um, you know, not judging people because I knew everyone's personalities are different. And like I said, I worked in the mall Mm. with my mom, so – I knew, you know, everyone's different. Everyone are going to like different things. Everyone's going to have different personalities and just, you know, make sure the customer is always right. You know, I knew all that stuff. (laughs) So I just kind of brought that into my first year and people love me. (laughs) I love that, that people Mm -hmm. love you. You know, the relationship we have with our hairstylists is so important. Mm -hmm. A lot of us don't commit because we're looking for the best prices Mm -hmm. and we're moving around and we need, you know, the hairstyle we want right then and there or as quickly as we can, you know, book with someone. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I would only, I could only imagine that the relationships that you have with Mm -hmm. your clients are are pretty strong, right? You don't just get to, you know, say, hey, I'm going to style this Mm -hmm. person, style that person. Like, okay, great. You know, what is it like building trust with your clientele? You work with some very, you know, top tier Mm -hmm. women. What is it like, you know, having them in your chair and making sure that you not only perform right, but that you're building that relationship with them? I'm a very honest person. And I think that, um, that, can take you very far because when you're honest then people can Mm -hmm. trust you so they trust the things that I'm saying to them and I'm not gonna just you know just try to take your money or um try to get over on you I'm very very honest and um and I always like to do the right thing so even if I mess up no one's perfect so if I mess up I want to fix it very fast um Mm -hmm. so I do know that and um I guess you can say, um, I just, I don't know. I do, I do feel like I am a very honest person and very trustworthy. So people just, they really trust me. Um, I don't tell people's business because, you know, in a salon, that's what people talk and they're telling all their business and people mm-hmm. tell me everything. Even with celebrities, I hear it all, but I will never share anyone from a celebrity to, um, you know, my clients here. I would never share their business ever. I don't care. (laughs) So people really trust me. (laughs) That's really good to know. There is that hair salon culture. People often talk about Mm barbershop culture. We have very deep and intimate conversations. Mm -hmm. It's often a safe haven for us, you know, and you are a salon owner. You're not someone who's freelancing Mm -hmm. and just, you know, doing the work, but you are an entrepreneur, business owner, um, and you're someone who is world renowned. Mm -hmm. And I could only imagine, 
you know, how much people are entrusting mm-hmm. you, like mm-hmm. you said, when they sit in your seat. That's major. I think that's also something to note as a businesswoman, right? Sometimes people become a little bit too familiar or too yeah. comfortable and they don't realize that that can really uh, stagnate yeah. their growth on their mm-hmm. journey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So, you know, the Get My Life Tour is all about the health through. I'd love to know what has been a Get My Life moment for you. Uh, I think I've had a lot of Get My Life moments. <laughs> um, um, I worked in, okay, I worked in a salon here and I was assisting because, you know, a lot of times you have to work and assist. And I found myself, I was assisting for a long time. And, um, but as I'm assisting, I'm helping the lead stylist as well. They would come to me like, Nafisa, help me, you know, how do you do this blowout or how do you do this type of curl or, you know, so here I am, I'm an assistant, but I'm actually helping like the master stylist and the lead stylist do their clients. And um, I thought about it, I'm like, wait a minute, why am I still an assistant and they're out on the floor making tons of money and I'm showing them mm. what to do, you know? So I think at that very moment, I'm like, I don't, I think I was lacking confidence. I didn't think that I was good enough to be on the floor. I just thought, you know, kind of behind the scenes, Mm. being assistant. And I really realized when they were pulling me at all angles, like, hey, Nafisa, can you help me with this? Hey, what do you think I should do with that? Do you think that, you know, and I'm like, wait a minute. Now, let me get myself together here and um, get on this floor and make real money and stop trying to Mm kind of be behind the scenes and just trying to do a little bit just to, you know, get by. But I think that was definitely a get my life moment for me. And it was basically um, get it together. You're amazing at what you do and be confident, go out there and do what you do. And the same thing I'm doing, showing other people what to do, you know? That is so real. Mm -hmm. So many of us play it Mm -hmm. small and want to be behind the scenes. Nafisa, I tell you, that is how the Get My Life Tour, that is one of the ways that the Get My Life Tour came Mm -hmm. about. I was playing it small. Mm-hmm. I always tell people, oh, I don't mind being in the background. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I'm so much better behind the camera. Oh, it's a, like, no, I am a producer. Mm-hmm. And people are like, okay, I hear all of that, but let me tell you something. Then God was like, you know what? Let me yeah. tell you something. And that is why it is so important for us to take center stage in mm-hmm. our lives. There are people who are counting yeah. on us to not show mm-hmm. up. Yeah, yeah. They don't want no. us to show up. They don't want us mm-hmm. to be great, right? Now it sounds like DJ No, Khaled, it's true. <laughs> it really is. Someone is counting on you to not show yeah. up because they cannot handle the magnitude of your calling. Mm-hmm. They know that you may shine mm-hmm. brighter. And it's not a matter of competition. Mm-hmm. It's just the calling on mm-hmm. your life. They cannot compete with yeah. your calling. I love that you... Got to a point where you said mm-hmm. no. You know, as I look at images of you, I'm like, what? How was she hiding anywhere? <laughs> what what background? <laughs> like, where were you hiding? Like, you have this beautiful, uh, toned, blonde <laughs> hair. And you are, you know, I, I'm not someone who's like all vain, mm-hmm. right? But you are beautiful, Nafisa. You. you know that. The world knows that. We see you, Thank okay? You. But it's so interesting when we have these conversations and we realize the moments 
that others had to get mm-hmm. through. And that's the beauty of this conversation. It's the beauty of your story. So I'm so grateful that you shared that. Yeah. You know, you are an entrepreneur. You are someone who is called on by people in high places, but you're also a mother. And you mentioned that briefly. Mm-hmm. I said that I can't believe you have a son <laughs> in college, but I'm curious about how you've been able to balance motherhood and entrepreneurship. I know that's something that is important to you. Um, and I think that people really want to hear more about how you do it all. Um, it is definitely hard. It's very hard. But um, I'm a mother first before I'm anything. And um, mm. and I had my son when I was young. And I knew that I'm making this decision. And my mm. child comes before anything. I don't care what it is. Mm. Um, so... I have to put him first. <laughs> I don't care what it right. is. And there was a time when he was smaller and, um, and we're very, like I was saying before, we're very, very close. So he's very honest with me. He tells me, you know, things that I'm doing that, you know, I might be doing wrong or, you know, he'll share things with me. And one time he said, like, you're not making time for me. And I, and I think I was so caught up in work because clients and, you know, you're going here, there, and everywhere. And I was like, hold mm-hmm. up, like, wait a minute, because I love my child and I put him before everything. And that moment, I I felt like, oh my gosh, like I have to change some things up because I didn't realize I think time was going and things are moving fast and clients are calling and, you know, you just, you don't realize you're right. trying to make money. And um, so basically I just cancel everything. It's like my child comes first mm-hmm. before anything. So um, I do always try to make sure I put him first um, before money or anything. And then um, and then I do the work. So if I take care of everything with him first, even when he was tiny up until now, I still he still comes first. <laughs> so I take right. care of what I need to do with him. And I have a schedule. So I tell him, you know, what do you need? help with or do you need you know what days and what times and then that way I can schedule things around him um because I just like for me being a mother a good mother is very important and um and when I travel he goes with me he's been going with me ever since he was little everywhere all over the world we are in Dubai Abu Dhabi everywhere he's always there now I may not post him because I'm a very private person, but he's very like low key too. So he's like, mom, I don't take pictures of me or don't take any videos. And I'm like, okay, even his (laughs) Instagram, he has like one picture. He's just really low key. And I'm like, I'm here. You've been to all these places. Why don't you show, you know, we're in Puerto Rico. We're in Dubai. He doesn't do all that. I'm like, you're with Floyd Mayweather. We were in (laughs) Vegas at the Floyd fight at Floyd's mom's house. He's with Floyd every day. And um, he's not posting anything. So I'm like, okay, whatever. But um, yeah, I take him with me a lot of places. Mm-hmm. That is to be appreciated. <laughs> you know, you are raising a quality young man who understands, and this is my interpretation of what mm-hmm. you're saying, who understands the power of being present, mm-hmm. the power of being low-key, yeah. and enjoying yeah. the moment. Yeah. I love I mm-hmm. love that. Mm-hmm. Yes, he definitely he does. And he's not. I love that, too. He's such an amazing, amazing person. Like, oh, my gosh. So um, I'm so proud of him. And 
yeah, he 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 really is, and he's not the show off. You know, he doesn't like to show off, and he doesn't have to post everything. He's just enjoying the moment, so it's good. <laughs> that is to be appreciated, and you know, I also really am. I really think that is powerful that your mother set the foundation. Mm-hmm. For you as a businesswoman, taking you with yeah. her and now you doing yes. the same thing with your son. You know, there are these conversations about generational legacy and wealth and business and entrepreneurship that are happening. But when you're able to have the conversation with the actual people who are doing that, it is truly refreshing because they say that we don't exist that way, that those opportunities, you know, aren't afforded to us and there's no way to truly attain that. And you are a woman of caliber who's saying like, look, this is the standard that was set generationally and you've made provision for your son to have those experiences as well. So my hat is off to you, Nafisa, because that's no small feat. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. You are Mm -hmm. welcome. You know, I can only imagine how many moms are listening, Mm -hmm. right? So if you have any advice to mommypreneurs, as you know, they're called now, Mm -hmm. what would it be? It could be about getting started or staying encouraged while doing the work and, you know, trying to find that alignment. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would love for you to give, you know, listeners something to hold on to as they do the work. I think as a mother um, and an entrepreneur, um, just be very uh, open with your child and explain to them the things that you're doing because they're watching and they're listening. So, um you know, talking to them, asking them questions, keeping up with them every day, putting them first, like I said before, um, and then taking care of your things. But always, I tell entrepreneurs all the time, have a schedule because I can't do anything without a schedule. I don't know how anyone can. Mm-hmm. So have a schedule and then put your child first um, and then do everything else after that. And I do tell people, even like I tell my friends, you know, when you're doing things, include your child. Like, I mean, not saying I didn't take my son to work with me. That was one thing I didn't do because I'm raising a male by myself. And I just didn't think that was the place for him to be. I'm working. So he doesn't need to be here listening Mm -hmm. to adult conversation. Um, He's a child, you know, Um, but exposing them to different things, different experiences, and just um, talking to them about careers. And I also, I always spoke to my son about um, the things that I liked to do when I was younger, and this is what I'm doing now. And I didn't know. Mm -hmm. So, because a lot of times kids, um, you know, they may not know what they want to do as an adult, but if you're talking to them and you're seeing the things that they are into, the things that they like to do, then that will may possibly help them figuring out their career in the future. But I just say be open with your kids and talk to them and learn about them and take them places with you. That's really good information. Now you are making dreams come true, right? I could only imagine how many dreams of your childhood you've manifested and have actualized and it excites me, right? But I have to ask, like, as you are doing all of this work, how are you showing up for yourself? For myself, um, 
I for myself, I think that I I have to try to practice self care. Um, mm. Like I have to put that in. And right now during COVID, I've really realized that I needed more <laughs> of it. Mm-hmm. But um, doing more praying and I like yoga, so I you know do a little yoga in the morning and at night. Um, and just spending time by myself. And just thinking and focusing on things. And I, know, I guess that's how I show up for myself, just practicing self care. That's really good. And it is so important. I can only imagine your hands at the end of the <laughs> week, right? Or being tired of speaking yes. to people because you are yes. in the services industry. You're like, oh mm-hmm. my goodness. Just having that time to yes. be quiet and be still. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, sometimes I'm like, I don't even feel like talking to anyone. I've been talking literally all day. And by the time I get home at night, I'm like, and then, of course, you know, I'm talking to my son. And then after that, I don't want to talk to anyone. It's like, I don't want to (laughs) talk. Let me just sit here and like, you know, read some things or just do nothing. Right. And there's nothing wrong with that. I tell people all the time, resting is doing Mm -hmm. something. And it's often a note to self as well. We often feel like we have to give, give, give. And sometimes we just need to give to ourselves and be still and be okay with Mm -hmm. that. You know, if you could do anything along your journey differently, what would it be and why? And if not, share that as well. Um, I think that for me, I would have more confidence. Then when I think back mm. on myself years ago and then now it's like, oh, my gosh, like if I just would have been more confident in knowing like you're good, you know, you're talented. Um, I think it would just be much better. I mean, I know that I'm where I am. I, the place that I am now, I'm supposed to be here. But when I think back, mm. it's like, gosh, like I should have had more confidence. <laughs> So, I don't know. I just, I, I do think that um, my confidence in, within my skill, not myself, like, I'm very confident in myself. But when it came to doing hair, I was just kind of like, mm. I don't know if it's me being like really picky or, you know, a slight perfectionist. <laughs> <laughs> oh, perfectionism. Yeah. Oh, yeah. When it came to my craft, I just felt like I should have had more confidence before. You know, we never realize how great Mm -hmm. we are. Mm -hmm. I am someone who has looked at my highlight reel and I'm like, oh, wow, I was doing that back then. What what was I thinking? (laughs) Like, why didn't I see it? And people were saying it or, you know, other people wouldn't say anything at all. I guess they were like, I don't want you to get big. And I'm like, wait, (laughs) what? I wish you would have said something because I didn't know. those okie doke mm-hmm. moments, right? What are some of the how how have you been able to grow your confidence and use that as a currency, you know, as a businesswoman? Um, how have I been able to grow it? I I don't know if I can really pinpoint how I've been able to grow it. I think it just mm-hmm. came to me. I don't know. I it started from the salon <laughs> when I was assisting that story. I was telling you that's where it started. Right. And then I realized, you know, like, okay, I'm helping a lot of people that they said they're a big deal. And if they're saying they're a big deal and I'm helping them, then what am I? You know? <laughs> Right, a big right. deal. Right, so I think it clicked then, and um, 
ever since then, I've, I've definitely gotten much better with um, confidence in my craft because I know that I'm good and everyone is good at different things. And yeah, I just, I don't know. I do feel like that is when it really clicks though. You know, I want to know, I'm curious, mm-hmm. how did your business evolve once you became more confident in your craft, you just can't have a Michelle Williams or a Misty Copeland sit in your chair and you be fidgety, right? right Quiet, right. so consumed with messing up that you just like blow the opportunity, <laughs> yeah. right? But what kind of doors opened as you became more confident? They did open as I became more confident. And because as I became more confident, I put myself out there more. So before yes. when I lacked confidence, I probably wasn't, really, you know, reaching out to people and, you know, I was just kind of playing it low key. But um, as I began to be more confident um, with what I was doing, then I was reaching out to people and, you know, getting more involved with things and networking more and like, yeah, I do this and yeah, I do that, you know. <laughs> so um, right. I think that's how it happened. And, and it's like, I knew that I was good. I did know that, but I just, I don't know if I was being hard on myself because it's like, I just want to be better. But I'm still like that now. Mm. I don't feel like I know it all. I mean, no one knows it all. But um, I evolved by definitely networking. Um, I know I got my first job with BT through one of my friends, Maisha. She was working for BT and she got me my first job. And um, that was great. And so from there, it kind of, took off because I just I kept connections and you know make sure I kept in contact with people and um so yeah that's kind of how that happened (laughs) that's great you know when when we're confident not only does it open doors but it opens other people's Mm -hmm. eyes and perspectives and Mm -hmm. hearts to us quite honestly they're more compelled to connect because they feel like huh mm-hmm. oh I see you want it right yeah. um so I always think that is incredible how that happens and I'm often grateful for the opportunities that just come as a result we had a conversation with a young woman by the name of Ashley Kirkwood and we spoke about confidence as a currency mm-hmm. and When you are someone who values being confident, it really pays off. And then, you know, I think we've all have experienced people who are overzealous and super confident who aren't as qualified, but yet... <laughs> you already know where I'm going. Yeah. They, they, so many things just make themselves available for them. Like, okay, how are the floodgates opening for you? And you are just not there. Yeah. But it's the air that they have, yeah. it's that confidence. And I'm like, okay, look, if Kanye is out here right. acting a fool <laughs> and it's his level of confidence, yeah. it's like, wow, people really believe. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. Um, it's so true. I'm like, I'm like, I need that kind of confidence. Right. Sometimes I tell my, and sometimes I tell myself, like, gosh, why can't I be that confident? Like, these people just put themselves out there and do whatever. It doesn't even matter if it doesn't make sense. But if they're confident. Right. It doesn't even matter if it doesn't make sense. It's so, <laughs> you hit the nail on the head. Right. That's how we have to show up for ourselves, especially when we are called. Mm-hmm. When we know that they're is an assignment that we're on. 
we, we cheat ourselves and we sell ourselves short when we are not confident. Um, you know, I know I don't have you for too much longer. I want to speak to you forever, Nafisa. We'll have to go live <laughs> on Instagram or something yeah. incredible where people actually see you and hear okay. from you. I would <laughs> love that. Yeah, you know, we can totally do that. How? Yes. Okay. Now we're on the record and you said yes. So now I have you forever. Um, <laughs> but how, how have you defined success and has your definition changed over the years? Um, well, I definitely feel everyone's level of success is different. And mm. I think that whatever your goals are, then, um, and you completed your goals, whatever they are, then you're successful because you were successful at completing something that you wanted to do. And um, my my success has definitely changed because I remember thinking like, oh, my gosh, you know, I can't wait until I can do a celebrity. Then I'll be successful because that's something that I really, really want to do. And OK, I did a celebrity and um, then I actually did, you know, a ton of them. <laughs> So I, mm-hmm. you know, I completed a goal, but um, I don't think my success is ever going to stop because I just keep going and going. I have so many goals and I'll accomplish one and then I'm on to the next thing. And then I add on more things, you know, and then as right. you do more, you start thinking of more things you want to do and just, you know, so I do feel like, um, I've definitely hit a level of success for myself, but I'm nowhere near where I want to be. You know, it is always fascinating to me how we set the bar so high for ourselves, Mm -hmm. but it's also a moment of great. Oh, what's the word that I'm looking for? It's just a moment of greatness, if you will, when you are able to get to the next level and I I'm rooting for you. I know that you're going to get there. I don't even know what your goals are, but I can only imagine all that you have already experienced and the goals that you've already set and reached. And I'm like, okay, what does the next level look like (laughs) for Nafisa? But I'm going to be, you know, tuned into what it is that you're doing and rooting for you as you continue to show up for yourself and just ascend. I think that's beautiful. You You are so welcome. Okay, so the last thing that I really want to touch base with you is about diversity within your industry. I oftentimes are exhausted by conversations about diversity within any industry because I'm like, why does it need to be a conversation Mm -hmm. at all? I could only imagine um, some of the hoops that you've had to jump through as a black woman within your industry, making your way to the top. And, you know, from conversation, I've learned that diversity is important to you. So I want to make sure that we make room for that Mm -hmm. in this conversation. You know, what has it been like championing for diversity and then navigating your industry as a black woman? Um. To me, it's been um, it's been a little trying, you know, because I think back. Well, first of all, when I worked in when I started out, I worked in the all black salon when I first started out, um, and then I wanted to learn more. I wanted to be the stylist that I, you know, I could do anybody, whoever walks in the door, it doesn't matter. I want to learn about all hair. 
Um, so that mm-hmm. I worked in different salons. Um, I've had some good opportunities too. I remember a salon, it was all white and I was going to be the only black girl. And I did not know how to do white people's hair. Like I did not know. I only worked in a black salon. So we only did certain things. And I remember the mm-hmm. um, owner of the, actually he was not the owner. I don't know. It was like a big franchise. And um, he was, I guess he was maybe as the CEO of the company. And I remember telling him, mm-hmm. like, look, I'm just going to be honest with you. And as a white guy. Um, and I remember feeling nervous. And I'm like, why do I feel nervous? You know? <laughs> but I told him, I was like, look, mm-hmm. I'm just going to be honest with you. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know anything about this. I've only worked in salons with Black people. And that's all I know. I want to learn more. And hopefully you can give me this opportunity. I, I don't know what I'm doing. And I didn't have anything. That was the other thing. Like, I didn't even have any haircut and scissors or anything. <laughs> so this man wow. was like, you know, and I he said, he was like, I, I believe in you. And I was like, really? <laughs> he was like, yeah. <laughs> he was like, I'm going to take a chance on you. And so um, he gave me the job at the salon. And I was the only black girl. But I was kind of thinking, like, why am I the only black girl here? You know, like, why aren't there mm. more people? Because I know people want to work there because it was a big salon it was a franchise um so then that kind of bothered me a little bit because it was like now it one why am I the only black person here and now um the other thing was other people were going to be coming here to get their hair done and now I'm like working overtime because now it's like I'm doing I'm trying to service everyone like you know what I mean whereas the other people there did not know about all types of hair. So then I'm thinking like, why aren't mm-hmm. people being like me? And you need to learn about all hair, not just one thing. Mm. So I was just kind of thinking like, okay, what is that about? Um, <laughs> but then further along, I've had so much um, experience just working in different salons and different people. And then when I wanted to work in the industry, I remember for New York Fashion Week, it was so hard for me to get in with New York Fashion Week. And I'm looking at all these stylists, but it was nothing but I never saw any black stylists, like ever. And I'm mm-hmm. sure there were, but if I'm only seeing, like, it was like tons of white stylists and I'm like, why don't I see right. any? Like, it didn't make sense to me, but, and it was hard for, I never got mm-hmm. a job there. Recently, a few years ago, I just started working New York Fashion Week and um, I got a little frustrated <laughs> because one of the shows had, I want to say, it was maybe... I don't know. It was like a lot of black models in the show. But all of the hairstylists that were hired were white. And then, of course, it's me and then maybe one other black girl. So now, of course, we're in here working overtime trying to do everyone because we know how to do our hair. And I just felt like it kind of wasn't fair. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I know this is New York Fashion Week. I know there's tons of black stylists that want to work New York Fashion Week. You know what I mean? (laughs) Okay, in New York. (laughs) Like, this is crazy. So I just felt like, you know, it's not fair. Like, yes, I am thankful for the opportunities that I do get. I really am. Uh, but mm-hmm. it, I see it happen all the time. It's like, why am I the only one in here? Or, you know, or I a lot of jobs I didn't get. And I'm like, okay. Mm. <laughs> so, um, you know, I, I definitely see it. I've definitely experienced it. And I always thought that it's not fair. And how are these people getting chosen, even though I knew, you know, I knew what was going on, but it's just kind of like, what, like, I, I don't know, like, how are they really sitting here choosing the people that they're choosing? And there's so many other people out here 
that will love these opportunities and that are amazing stylists. <laughs> right. It's so it's so mind blowing how we're often overlooked and mm-hmm. all you know have to be more qualified. Mm-hmm. Yes. You you are overqualified yeah. and taking the initiative to learn about all yeah. hair types and textures. Mm-hmm. You know, some people just don't bother. Yeah. I don't yeah. know how many salons I've walked past and I'm like, okay, this is so segmented. Mm-hmm. It makes no mm-hmm. sense. Um, but you know, that's what makes you you. Right. You're a go getter. Mm -hmm. You're someone who does not seem to take no for an answer. Um, (laughs) And you're also blazing the trail for others. You've created a blueprint for launching a successful hair Mm -hmm. business. You are, you know, sharing freely with other women, you know, and men who may be interested in your industry. You are parenting. You are doing it all. (laughs) I'm just like, wow. And you're only one person. Right. But I'm so grateful that you are, you know, helping others along their journey as well. Mentorship is so Mm -hmm. important, giving back and speaking freely. You know, it's so interesting because people come CEOs or successful business owners and they don't think that it's valuable having conversations like the ones we're having Mm -hmm. right now. Like, oh, I got to talk to this person, this vendor, this meeting, X, Y, and Z. And I always am grateful for the time that is lended, you know, to me for the Get My Life Tour, because it helps other people show up for themselves and get the information that they needed, you know, and sometimes to questions they didn't realize they had. So, Nafisa, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much. You are welcome. Okay, so we are at the point in our conversation or on mm-hmm. tour where it is time for you to drop the mm-hmm. mic. You've already shared a number of gems, but this is the opportunity for you to leave it all on the mm-hmm. stage. So think about what it is that you want to share. I'll give you a second. And when you are ready, you can just take it from there. Um, I would like to just let people know um, to never give up. And I always people ask me all the time, you know, what can I do? What can I do? And I'm like, you know, if there's something you want to do, just don't give up. You're going to have so many trying times. I've had like a ton of trying times, hard times, things I didn't understand. You know, I'm questioning why is this happening to me? I'm crying. And, um, but I never gave up. And, for me, um, I'll give an example. When I was in New York working and a lot of things were going on with my living situation and I had to move back to North Carolina. And I remember crying every night, like, I don't want to move from up here back to North Carolina. I don't want to do this. Crying literally every night, not realizing mm-hmm. it was God moving me into a bigger direction. Yeah, I'm moving to North Carolina, mm-hmm. but I was able to open up my studio salon um I was actually able to do more traveling by me having my Mm -hmm. own business I could really do a lot of freelance work you know go to LA go to Dubai go to Australia but I I didn't realize it you know at that time but I remember crying every night like I do not want to go back to North Carolina and then one night I sat down I was like you know what let me just trust what's going on here, what's happening here. Even though I didn't know what was mm-hmm. happening, why it was happening to me, because I felt like New York, that was my dream. Like, that's what I wanted to do. I picked up with my child and we moved up there. So if 
you know, it was almost like I felt like it was a smack in the face. Like, I'm here. I'm working. Like, why is this happening to me? And um, but I just I had to trust what was going on in the moment. And I was like, you know, let me just trust God. And, you know, things are going to turn around. But I didn't understand at the Mm -hmm. time. So just, you know, trust the process. I guess that's what I should say. Definitely trust the process. Um, there are going to be a lot of ups and downs. Trust the process and never give up. Because I could have easily just said, just forget it. And I'll just, you know, do, I don't know, whatever. And, but I didn't. I just, I trusted the process. I came to North Carolina. I got myself together. I started back working and opened up my salon and it just opened up more doors. So I had to keep it moving. You know, I had my breakdowns, but I kept pushing. And um, yeah, so just trust the process and never give up. Those are the two things you just have to do. (laughs) You know, I'm going to just break all kinds of traditions because you really reminded me of a number of things. You, You just said, you had breakdowns, mm-hmm. but you got back up and you kept it pushing. Mm-hmm. Like, and I'm paraphrasing, right? You had breakdowns, mm-hmm. but you kept mm-hmm. pushing. I literally just thought of what it's like to be on all fours, mm-hmm. right? And not just down and out, but in surrender yeah. to the most yeah. high. Mm-hmm. And being pushed, yeah. right, by spirit mm-hmm. to keep yeah. going. Oh, my yeah. goodness. I don't know how many of us have been there before. Then I also heard you say, go home. Mm -hmm. I spoke about this not too long ago about coming back to the Bay Area and having this experience where I felt like I needed to be here. And then the pandemic, Mm -hmm. once again, pushing me back to the Mm -hmm. West Coast. I love New York. Been there Mm -hmm. five years. I've always dreamt of being in Harlem and being a writer. And God said, yes. And he also said, go Mm -hmm. home. And I really wanted to highlight you saying what you said, because this pandemic has, you know, really pushed people's thinking Mm -hmm. and has stretched people's, you know, mindset about things. But I think a number of us have experienced pandemics before, right? (laughs) Black people in America have, you know, had pandemic after pandemic after Mm -hmm. pandemic. Um, And I think each of us could probably think about a pandemic moment in our lives. And I'm so glad that you shared, you know, that moment where God said, go back to North Carolina. I think about the prayer of Jabez and, you know, expanding our territory. Mm -hmm. We never, oh, no, I don't want to say we never, It's hard to come to terms with believing even bigger Mm -hmm. when we've had our minds set on something and our prayers answered. Mm -hmm. And the fact that you were able to go back home, have your territory expanded and be where you Mm -hmm. are. That is so inspiring to Mm -hmm. me, Nafisa. Like it, it truly is. You You are welcome. I'm just, I'm in awe. (laughs) Um, Oh, my. Mm. You really dropped the mic. I wasn't supposed to say anything, but you know how when you uh, <laughs> go to, like, a, a church yeah. function and things like that little sexual chakra <laughs> moment. Like, that girl was good. That girl was good. Like, <laughs> I just had to say something else. I'm like, wow, you said so much. Like, you said a lot, mm-hmm. but that really resonates with me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Ja, ja. Now, Nafisa, why are you going to go ahead and do that? Now people are expecting another hour of conversation. I'm only joking. You're like, girl, I got a business no, but <laughs> That was so good. You. you know, I you are welcome. I, have, I want to thank you again for your time and for showing up the way that you have. Right? We think about hair and beauty as these as these fluffy things, it's just, you know, oh, and I'm like, no, 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 no. How we show up is so important, yeah. right? Um, from our hair to the way we look mm-hmm. and the way we speak, all these things matter. So I'm glad I was able to have this conversation with you because you are all of these things and the way you show up is a representation of us all. So thank you um, for your time. Thank you for the way that you do business And thank you for coming on tour. And thank you so, so much for having me and allowing me to, you know, share my story. And um, because I do different interviews and talk to different people, but sometimes I'm not able to say a lot. You know, it may be just a few questions, but I love Mm -hmm. like our conversation and I was able to share more. And um, thank you so much. I just I really appreciate it. You are welcome. You are so welcome. That warms my heart. <laughs> my goodness. I I look forward to the next stop on the Get My Life Tour. I am so excited about approaching, you know, year two of the Get My Life Tour and the feast that you showing up the way you did really matters. Oh, it truly thank does. You. You are welcome. I hope that everyone tuned in has taken what it is that you need so that you can continue to journey, go confidently and boldly in pursuit of what it is that your heart desires. This has been incredible. And I am so grateful for the opportunity to take center stage with you. And I look forward to seeing you on the next stop of the Get My Light Tour. Nafisa, tell people how they can stay connected with you. Um, yes. Well, all social media, I'm Nafisa Carter. So Instagram, Facebook, everything is Nafisa Carter. And um, that's about it. <laughs> All right. Perfect. And if you want to stay connected with the Get My Life Tour, be sure to follow the Get My Life Tour on all social platforms. Go to GetMyLifeTour.com and register for our newsletter. And of course, you can connect with me at Lydia T. Blanco on all social platforms and at LydiaTBlanco.com. Be sure to subscribe, like, download, and leave a review. I'd love to know your thoughts. It has been real. And I will see you on the next stop of the Get My Life Tour. Okay. Peace.